Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Awesome. Sweet. Well, like uh, Joey gave me a very kind uh, inter, uh, introduction, my name is Andrew Wilson. I'm our pastor of our family ministries over at the Yorktown campus, and I am delighted to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about something that's written in the front of uh, on this communion table. It says, do this in remembrance of me. So I'm going to be talking about the discipline of remembrance today. Uh, I think we all have a dysfunctional memory. Uh, I think we probably all know that about ourselves. If, if you don't, you've forgotten that you have a bad memory. Um, so welcome to the club. I simultaneously have one of the most weird detail-oriented memories and the worst memory of anybody that I know, as far as I can remember. Um, so I, I know where, when, how, what, something that was going on or the particular details of what I was wearing, what my sister was eating at one moment when she was babysitting me uh, long ago when I was like in second grade. And she's like, what are you talking about? How do you know that small of a detail? That's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. But then at the same time, uh, when my wife asked me, hey, did you remember to take the trash out? I got nothing. I'm like, no, I did, I did not. I think, so we all have a dysfunctional memory, which is one of the reasons we fall into temptation. We fall into uh, forgetting to, or not, not just forgetting to, but choosing not to uh, share the gospel, the good news with our friends or our family or our the people that are unbelievers around us. And we, we choose to, to sin in ways that, that maybe we've left long behind because we forget, we're quick to forget the goodness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, what I want us to remember today, there are three things. We're going to remember who God is. We're going to remember where he has brought us from. And the third is like it, in that we want to remember what he has done for us. So with everything that we have going on in our lives, it makes us anxious, maybe makes us feel depressed, makes us feel overwhelmed, whether that be from taking care of your home, taking out the trash, doing homework, all the way to getting your job done. I want to give you guys those three simple things to remember that we can boil our faith down to. We're going to be uh, reading here from Psalm 3. Right? The first point is that we must remember who God is. We must remember who God is. The Psalms are filled with examples of this path of remembrance that we're going to be talking about today. There's a moment where the psalmist is writing and it seems as if he's in trouble and he's, he's forgotten something that's really important. He's forgotten who God is in the midst of the storm, but there's a moment in verse 3 where he remembers who God is. And so this is David in Psalm 3. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there's no salvation for him in God, Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head, I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill, Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me. 
all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salah. You see, there's that, that moment between verses 2 and 3 where David remembers the character of God. He remembers that God is a shield. And it's in that moment that it completely changes the trajectory of that psalm. It goes from, many are rising against me, to, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. We must remember who God is, and that will be the courage to take us into the situations, the anxieties, the the difficulties that we face. So, to give you guys a quick run through of some of the characteristics of God, I want, as we read these, let them wash over your soul. This is your God. He is a shield. He is a provider. He is our protector. He is our savior. He's our good shepherd. He's our wonderful counselor. He is sovereign. He is holy. He is good. He is faithful. He is perfect. He is love. He is just. He is strong. He is gentle. He is patient. He is forgiving. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is kind. He is compassionate. He desires that none would perish. He is righteous. I hope that that truth about who God is, those are some things that you can cling to in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your coming weeks, in the midst of this new year, 2020. But until you are left in awe of how awesome God is, you've not yet pondered on his character enough. We have to be filled with awe and wonder of who this God is, who stepped into our muck and mire. Our view of God will determine our obedience to him. When we view God as who he truly is, we can zoom out of our current circumstances and focus on the right things. When we view God as who he truly is, think about it like this, right? You're in the middle of a situation where you're fighting with maybe a sibling or a spouse, and you're forgetting the love that God has for you and the forgiveness that God has for you. If you were to be able to remember the holy character of God in the midst of that fight, in the midst of that spout that you're having with your friend, family, all of a sudden, you take a step back from that situation, you remember God, who is completely perfect, who is good in everything that he does, step down into our situation when he didn't have to and forgave us. It's that understanding and remembering of the character of God that he's forgiving that you're able to be obedient and then forgive your friend, forgive your spouse, forgive your sister, That forgiveness overflows only from an understanding of the character of God. When I'm having trouble 
when I'm anxious, uh, I, have to, I look back at Isaiah chapter 40. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 through 15 say this. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed with the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the Spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are accounted as dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. So this is, that's describing the amazing vastness of our God. No one's ever given God advice. Well, never, no one's ever given God good advice. We've all tried to give God advice. But it's, it never works out. No one's ever given God advice. No one's ever told God anything that he hasn't known already. This is the God that you serve. So when we are questioning God's goodness or we're questioning God's plan or God's timing, remember God is ultimately wise. And what's amazing about this passage is that in verses 28 through 31, it goes, and it, this, this big, vast God that doesn't need advice, he comes into our situation. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And here's where it is, right here. Even though he doesn't grow faint or weary, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we remember and we wait on God, he strengthens us. He brings us peace. He restores our soul. So that first point, remember who God is. So that brings me to my next point of remembrance. Not only do we need to remember who God is, we must remember where God has brought us from. So, a few days ago, uh, I'm laying in, in bed and I do this thing uh, where I take off my socks while I'm in the bed and I let them, I like to store them at the bottom. Anybody, any other men with me? Okay, my wife hates it. Amanda, she, she really does hate that. But, I said, look where you've brought me from. Look, I used to leave them on the floor and on the couch and everywhere else. It's, been, it's gotten a lot better. A lot of you men are like, hey, stop, stop airing my dirty laundry out here. But we have to remember where we've come from, where God has brought us from. It used to be a lot worse. In fact, it used to be terrible. See, 
in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, verses, yeah, when Moses is bringing the, the commandments to the people again. He's, he's reminding them of the law that God has established for the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, verses 15 through, yeah, no, verse 15. Yeah, we're going to go right here. So he's reminding them of the Sabbath, the commandment to keep the Sabbath. Okay? And this was a day that did not exist when they were in slavery. Right? So like, like the day existed, but they didn't use it for the Sabbath. So here we go. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. The Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians for hundreds of years. This was a time when they had no rest. They were forced to labor, right? They, they had no Sabbath, right? They worked with no weekend. Some of you guys already do that, and you're like, man, I'm about, I'm about to hit out here and go to work, and you just understand the depth and the, the hurt that that is without having a pause or a break. This was God's way of giving these people a reminder that he is the God of rest, this Sabbath day. But he did it based off of, look, remember what you used to toil with. Remember that you used to be a slave in Egypt. So for us today, we need to remember that God has brought us out of a place of striving for our salvation in Christ. We were dead in our sin, asleep to the things of God, not having known that God has grace for us and rest for us. And if we were to come to him, he would lighten our burden. We did not even know about that. You don't have to hide from that past. God has forgiven you of it. You can bring it out and remember how hopeless it used to be. Because now you have hope. When we remember where God has brought us from, a place of no hope, a place of working for the weekend so that we could have a good time and rest, only to come up on that next day where all of a sudden you've got to get back to work and you're just working for the weekend. A place where life had no meaning but to get rich or die trying. These are the people that we meet every single day. This part of remembering where you came from, where God has brought you from, this is what should help you obey the commandment to go and make disciples. That's hard. This is gonna take everything. To go and share the gospel truth that brought you from a place of no hope to a place where there's hope, there's meaning, there's in the suffering and in the pain, there's something beyond this life. There are people that are trapped in anxiety and depression and hopelessness, and they don't know how to get out, but you do. Remembering where we came from, where God has brought us from, is going to help us take that message, that gospel, that good news to them. When we remember where God has brought us from, it should draw us to do what Christ commanded us to do, to proclaim freedom to the captives 
by sharing the gospel, to remind ourselves of the freedom that God has given us in Christ so that we may rest, give him all of our anxieties because we know that he cares for us and to help other people come to know that there is hope and there is a place that they can come to give their anxieties to. So that second one is to remember where God has brought us from. The third thing we must remember as our key to remaining faithful is what God has done for us. It's a lot like the last point. But God has done so much more than just bring us out of our bad situation. He didn't just give you a second chance and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. But he made that second chance, he made sure that it would be successful in Christ. Because when you have put your faith in Christ, you have complete perfection, and that perfection does not fade away from you. It sticks with you. When Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, We are not only made alive when we put our faith in Christ, but we are raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We not only are brought from death into some neutral ground, but we are brought from death to life and life everlasting. Not to live life eternal, but life abundant, Whereas now you have the spirit of God living in you to bring you joy and peace and patience in every moment of your day. God proved his love for us and that while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That should be enough. I should should be able to walk out of here now, right? Christ died for you. He loves you. That's symbolized through the Lord's Supper. So this is a a tool of our remembrance, the Lord's Supper is. The bread and the wine. So Luke 22, 14. When the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said... Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you as the new covenant in my blood. We must remember also the cost of our redemption. This again should drive us to awe and thankfulness. When Christ tells us to take the bread and the wine in remembrance of him, he's showing us that we are to remember that as Hebrews says, there's no forgiveness for us without blood. Christ came, he was born to die. Christ died on the cross. His blood was actually spilled out. His lungs were stabbed with a spear. Christ died 
fully. It wasn't a half death, and he was buried in the tomb. And when we take communion, when we take the Lord's Supper, we are doing it in remembrance that our redemption costs God everything. He took all of our disobedience that he never took part in, but he took it on himself. He took our disobedience. He took our sin on himself. That's what it means to remember Christ. We remember that he died for us. What we can also remember is that he didn't stay dead. Christ rose from the grave. Right? That's pretty awesome. Christ rose from the grave. That is our hope. That is our joy. That is our salvation. Because a dead Savior is no Savior at all. But a risen one, that's a permanent Savior. Romans 8 reminds us that that permanent risen Savior is also a Savior that will never leave you. Because in Christ, we're given the Holy Spirit. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Those who have placed their faith in Christ. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, all those things that makes, make us feel really awful? As it is risen, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember that in the midst of the death, the struggle, the hard times at work, the hard times at home, Remember that God is with you in Christ. Remember. The Israelites, go back to the Old Testament real quick, had many signs and wonders done for them. Right? They had walls of water built up on both sides of them and they walked on dry ground. You guys know that story. They, they saw giants fall. They saw all kinds of things. They saw bread from heaven, which like I could, y'all, some of y'all are already hungry, I can see it. Like it's time to eat. It's almost 11 o'clock. But they saw bread from heaven on the ground. They saw water come from a rock. Yet, they forgot. They forgot. And when, when Moses went, he just went up on the mountain for a few moments. All of a sudden, they're like, all right, we got to worship something. They start bringing all their gold, and they start making a God. They've forgotten the God who had brought them through. So they had all those signs and all those wonders, yet forgot. We must remember. We don't see those kinds of things 
happening for us. We don't see walls of water. That'd be really cool. I wish that it would happen sometimes. I'm like, man, if in my bathtub, like a little Bruce Almighty stuff would happen, like the tomato, you get, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry. Um, anyways, they saw all those things and, they, and then God helped them establish festivals to where they would go back to that point and they would think back and say, okay, so let's, let's remember now what they've done. And then like for a few days or years, they'd, they'd get it right and then they'd forget and they'd fall and they'd fail again. So we're a lot like the Israelites. We're very forgetful people. Our faithfulness to God uh, is dependent completely upon our, remembrances of, our remembrance of his promises. So our faithfulness and obedience to God will only stay true when we remember who God is, where he has brought us from, and what he has done for us. Uh, you guys know the story of David and Goliath. I assume. Is that, is that right? We get some head nods. David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 37 says, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. What preceded him saying that was all of the Israelites are hiding behind a rock. And they see the giant out in the, in the field. And they have forgotten who their God was. You see, they, they worship the same God. They're still Israelites who follow Yahweh. But David behind, or uh, the Israelites behind the rock have forgotten that the God that they serve is the God that brought them from the land of Egypt. They had forgotten that they had seen all of these wonders and signs, but David he said, the Lord delivered me from the lion and the bear. And then when he went out to the Philistine, when he went out to Goliath, he said this, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. The, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. You see, he remembered who God was and where he had brought him from. And what did he do? He killed Goliath, chopped his head off. And he won the battle. Why? It wasn't David being so strong and mighty. It was that he just went and did what God had commanded him to do. And he trusted that God was going to bring him through it. When we remember who God is, we remember where he's brought us from, remember what he's done for us, God is on our side. He is on your side. Remember those things. Be obedient. Be faithful. So this might sound like, Andrew, you're just telling us to remember, and it's all based off of your remembrance, all based off of your faithfulness. And that might sound daunting. It's not based off of your remembrance or your faithfulness, because what is so amazing about our God is that his faithfulness to us is not dependent upon our faithfulness to him or our remembrance. Because like I said, we're quick to forget. God's faithfulness to us is based off of his remembrance. And the only thing that God has chosen to forget is your sins, and he's chosen to separate them as far as the east is from the west. And he has chosen to forget them in Jesus Christ. So, 
Who can separate you from the love of Christ? No one. Not a single one. Remember that. Remember that God is faithful to his promises. And it's our remembrance that will help us be faithful. But it's God's remembrance that's going to keep you faithful. God is not going to forget you. The cost was too high in Christ Jesus. So, some tips to help you guys remember. Join us in corporate worship. Make that a weekly thing. There's a reason the Israelites were commanded to do it weekly. Right? When you're here, you're around people who are singing the truths of God. And I, what I love about this building, right, I love that the, the voices echo off of the roof and you come back and you're here and I'm hearing this guy sitting over here and I'm, I'm sitting over here and I'm just hearing everybody sing. And sometimes I'm not able to, to hear, hear my own self say, I'm not, I'm not believing the words that are coming out of my mouth, but I'm believing the words that are coming out of David's mouth. The things that he's saying, I can say, you know what, God is, God is faithful to his promises. I am a child of God by grace and grace alone. It's nothing of my efforts. Join us in corporate worship. Hear the word of God proclaim to you that you are free and that there's hope. Another tip is to join a small group. Get in community. Right? Our small groups are designed to help you in times of difficulty. Right? The people that are there, that are around you, are going to speak the truth of God's word to you, for you, in your present time of need. And that's, that's another bump along the week that helps you get to the next week. It's Sunday, and then mine's on Tuesday. I love my small group. Another way to help you to remember is to, to serve in the kids' ministry, the student ministry, and our uh, ESOL program, our food pantry, when you guys are, are serving, it gives you the opportunity to share the hope that's within you to somebody else because they need the hope, but when you say it out loud to somebody that needs it, it becomes alive to you again. Serve. Serve. Read the scriptures and pray. That's easy. You probably expected to hear that this morning when you walked in. You're like, oh, he's going to tell us to read our Bibles and pray. Read the scriptures and pray. Remind yourself of the character of God. Even if it's just Isaiah 40 every single day, just read it. I don't care what you read. Read something. Read the word of God. Pray. Take communion. And, and when you take it, don't just go through the motions. I think next week you, might, you guys are, are starting communion. Is that right? Every week? and move towards taking it more often. That's awesome. Um, but don't just go through the motions. Remember, recapture your awe of who God is. Reflect on where he's brought you from. That was the path that was going to destruction. And remember that in Christ's death and resurrection, you are covered in his perfection. In Christ's death and resurrection, which is symbolized in the breaking the bread and the pouring out of the wine, you are covered in Christ's perfection. Remember that. So, our faithfulness is directly linked to our remembrance.
God's faithfulness is not dependent on your faithfulness, but upon his remembrance. He won't forget you. So, in light of that, remember who God is, where he's brought you from, and what he's done for you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your love and your kindness towards us. Thank you that you didn't just have an idea of redemption and keep it to yourself, but Lord, you made a way for us. Lord, I pray for the people in this room who struggle with the things of life, with with their work, with anxieties, God, with, with just all the brokenness that's in this world. Lord, coming out of this Christmas season, sometimes it's able, we're able to see more of the brokenness than we'd like to, to admit. Lord, I pray that uh, going into this new year that we would recapture our awe for you, that we would remember that you are good, that you are kind, that you're loving, that you're patient with us. Lord, so that we can be that for others. I pray that we would remember where we came from. Lord, that we were dead in our own trespasses and sins, but you made us alive in Christ. I pray that that truth would help us take the gospel to the nations and to our neighbors. And Lord, I pray that you would help us remember what you have done for us, that you haven't just saved us and made us on neutral ground so that we could try again, but Lord, you saved us and you brought us to life that was sure and everlasting. To your son Jesus' name that I ask these things. Amen.